Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Kirsty McConnell. And I'm Caitlin J. McCall. And welcome to Season 7, Episode 7 of the Pet Photographers Podcast. Our guest today is a photographer, entrepreneur, consultant, mentor, speaker, and loving mother of two humans and three fur babies. She's an intimate photographer of babies, both with and without fur, and she works diligently to capture her clients' little ones as seen through their eyes. Having successfully been in business since 2010, she spends her time behind the camera as well as in front of other photographers, helping them find their niche. She's a sought-after speaker, and she offers one-to-one business coaching, photography mentoring, workshops, and online programs. And we know that she is so excited to share business gold with you all today. It's Kim Hartz of Kim Hartz Photography. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club, Kim. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you. I feel like it's been a long time coming. We have so much that we want to chat to you about. Even just that bio is like exploding with different things that we could discuss. But I think for anyone who doesn't know you, let's start at the start as we like to do. And maybe if you could give us a little of an introduction into who you are and your journey in pet photography. Sure. Um, so yeah, like most people, I think who started in photography in general, I was under the impression that I needed to be a generalist in order to be successful. And well, in pre-photography, I was in real estate, totally different and wasn't super happy. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something that I really enjoy. And I'd always loved photography. So I went back to it and I knew I wanted to run my own business one day as well. Um, but I started out photographing everything from weddings to boudoir, which I thought I was going to be a boudoir photographer, which now it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, and I did just kind of like seniors, you know, weddings, events, everything. And I was just like six months in, just not super happy with how, you know, I felt like I was working all the time. I didn't enjoy a lot of the things I was shooting. And um, my husband and I had just gotten a, a golden retriever puppy together. It was like our first child. And, um, I was photographing her all the time. She was coming with me to work all the time. She's basically my assistant. And I thought, you know, I love, she just love animals in general, but nobody in Houston either was really doing pet photography by itself at the time. Like there was maybe four other photographers, but they incorporated it more into family photography. So I started doing some research and realized that there was a real opportunity there for me to get a nice piece of that market that was just starting to come around. And I remember telling my family, I think I'm going to specialize in pet photography. And it was hysterical because (laughs) I remember my dad saying, who in their right mind is going to pay to have their pet photographed? (laughs) That's familiar. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's funny because, you know, 10 years later, I've dropped off pretty much everything else. And the majority of my business are pets. And And I love it. And it was definitely a lot of work in the beginning to really, because I had to rebrand my whole business. I I really hit, you know, pedal to the metal and and went to every pet related thing I could do. I I reached out to so many people. It was a lot of work, but I've come to the point where, you know, I specialize in pets and I do this full time and it's a lot of fun and it's blossomed into other things. Like I I love teaching. So I teach workshops now and I, I love just working with other photographers on, on this because being a pet photographer, I think some people think that it's it's not sustainable. Uh, 
which it very much is, you know, like any business, you know, you just have to set, like, I mean, you go into all the things like branding and marketing and all these things that go into it, but, um, it's really fulfilling and I'm super happy I made the change because doing all that other stuff, I just, uh, I was like pulling teeth to do some of those other shoots. And then when a dog comes in the studio, it's like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> you know, I just love it. Yeah. Oh, Kim, <laughs> you just said a few things that, um, I'd love to touch on quickly. Like first of all, sure. you, said you went from real estate to photography and yeah. it's totally <laughs> different, but actually I can see some parallels there. I mean, being able to understand what the client wants and then obviously selling, which we do as photographers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that you've carried on some, um, some skills from, from that previous career to this one. Yeah, I think that's probably true in that, you know, I was actually talking to my husband about uh, just the other day we were talking to a couple about looking at houses and when we were looking to buy a house, I can visualize, you know, what, oh, this is going to go here and that's here. He can't visualize at all. And I think that is definitely something that translated over. It's you, you know, like, I mean, it's it's important. It's a skill that kind of, I'm not sure if you can be taught. And so you can't, I don't think you either can visualize it or you can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And a big benefit for photographers. And then the other thing that you said was about how you started 10 years ago and Mm -hmm. um, in your area, there were no, there weren't specialist pet photographers. And today's photographers that are pet photographers that are just starting out, they don't have to create this new market, which I think it's cool for them, but it's also really tricky because there's a lot of competition, but yeah, I mean, I loved the opportunity of really like creating this, you know, thing just exactly how I wanted it to be. Cause like I looked at things like there were people who were photographing only on location. I knew I wanted to do studio because of limitations of like the weather where I live. I like, I love lighting. And like, if I go on location, I always have a light with me regardless, you know, if the light's beautiful, I just in case. And I like that control, but I like, I just, I love the studio look. And and so I knew that's what I wanted to do and nobody was really doing it either. Mm -hmm. So So, can you talk to us about that then Kim? Like, I mean, 10, well, when was it that you started shooting studio there 10 years ago? Yes. I, I started out doing studio was my kind of main, I did a lot of pre-education before I officially opened. And I actually interned with a local photographer that kind of helped me. I went to art school as well. I mean, I, when I do something, I I plan and then I really prepare and then I jump in. So sound like my kind of woman. (laughs) (laughs) Can you talk us through that? Like, yeah, 10 years ago, home studios were not what they are today. And I was under the impression that I needed a retail space in order to seem legitimate because I was brand new. Nobody knew who I was, you know, um, and, and most of the photographers that I knew had studios. So I did lease a space for two years and I was so happy to get out of it at the end of two years um, because the overhead I was paying was insane. I mean, it just, it was ridiculous how much money was going out of my pocket just to maintain that space. And so once my lease was up, my husband and I were actually moving uh, into a house. We were in a townhome and I was very specific. I was like, look, I need a separate space for a studio. Like it just is what it is. We didn't have kids yet. And it was literally the last house we looked at. And it was a garage apartment with a very open main room and a back bedroom. And we walked in, I remember walking into the garage apartment and my husband looked at me and he goes, well, I guess this is it. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> so I actually, and the house is great too. Don't get me wrong, but I moved to a home studio two years in 
And it made such a big difference, not only in the money I was keeping, but also I was still able to have that studio um, and that studio look and that place to shoot because that was how my style, I mean, if you look at my website now, it's mainly studio and that's just kind of how I've branded myself and, and it just is my style. I love that look. And, um, having that, I mean, I was terrified though, to have a home studio because I thought people wouldn't consider me legitimate. And I realized that if I offered the same quality, the same service, everything to that extent, nobody cared. And people would walk in and go, Oh, this looks really nice. Cause I've, I've made a real effort to make it look good. But yeah. And then transitioning to that was, was awesome. And still being able to do exactly what I was trying to do by renting a space and being able to shoot the same way, small limitations, like it's not a huge room, but it works. I mean, I, I can still create everything I want to. And it's at my house too. I don't have to pay anything. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you find um, the balance, I guess, of having your studio in your home, do you find it difficult to switch off? Have you put in any rules, limitations for yourself? I'm always interested when I hear about photographers who have studios in their house, how they have that separation between their work and their life. Sure. And I'm all about boundaries and I've done a very good job of setting boundaries between my personal life and my business and, and studio policies. Uh, because in the beginning I worked seven days a week all the time evenings, weekends, I was always available and I was miserable. Like, I hated it. So my mm-hmm. studio is such that it, it isn't in my actual home. It's actually separate garage apartment. So it's nice because I, I basically walk out my back door up a staircase and I'm in my studio. Um, so that aspect is, is really nice because, you know, I have kids, I have my own animals. And so, um, I am able to keep that separate, but as far as, you know, keeping the work and the family life separate. So when I leave my studio, I leave work in the studio. Unless I absolutely have to do something in the house, I really do turn it off. And I have a separate business phone. I still have two cell phones. One is like like ancient because it's for the studio and I don't need talk texting or video or smartphone on it. And then I have my normal cell phone because I don't personally want clients calling my cell phone, texting me. I have had a few that got my cell phone number and they'll like text me like 10 o'clock at night. And I just, (laughs) I'm sorry. I I, like, I have to have some personal time, you know? So I have set office hours. Um, If you email me or call me outside of those office hours, I probably will check it, but I'm not going to call you back or email you back until Mm -hmm. I'm actually within those office hours. And that's really helped me to kind of separate things. And I've changed my office hours over the years based on like the hours my kids are in school. So I like to book everything when they're in school so that I can still maintain that being a mom and Mm -hmm. running a full-time business. So I don't have any problem just cutting it off. Like I shut the door to my studio and I'm done working for the day. And sometimes it is harder than others, especially during busy seasons, like, you know, what we're coming into. Um, but now I'm, I'm very, very strong on that aspect because I know what the flip side is and how miserable it can be if you just let your business, run you. And I just don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, um, it must be like eight years ago or something now when I used to have just one cell phone and I was at Mm -hmm. a Halloween party and I had a client who had no concept of boundaries. So she was calling me at about 11 o'clock at night. Mm 
And my oh, phone no. was on the <laughs> table. I was nowhere near it. And some person, I didn't even know them, answered the phone. Oh, no. Like, oh. And I just was mortified, especially like this was, you know, I was only a few years into my business and I was trying really hard to see if so professional and then this uh-huh. drunken person had answered my phone and I was like, well, that's it. I need two separate phones. Yeah, well, who calls you at, a, at 11 at night? I mean... I know, right? I mean, this woman had no concept of boundaries. No, but a lot of people don't. And that's the thing. It's like, oh my gosh. And that's why I have the two phones. Like some people think Mm -hmm. I'm nuts, but I'm like, no, because I I want my my personal cell phone to be my personal cell phone. Like, do I don't want clients texting and calling me? No, No. I totally agree. Um, I think... I wanted to dive back into what you were saying about, you know, the fear of whether or not people are going to take you seriously, which I think Mm -hmm. a lot of pet photographers uh, wrestle with that fear, especially when they're first starting out. But I imagine that a large part of mitigating that and making sure your clients knew what to expect and were impressed from the start came down to your branding you're kind of the branding queen so um did you have anything that you were doing right from the start you had mentioned that you rebranded anyway when you moved to pets so what was what did Mm -hmm. that sort of branding look like when you were first starting out versus today right so I'm constantly working on branding always on the back end um and uh when I rebranded six months in Basically, I had to change everything in that I had to change my messaging because I was no longer a generalist. I had to change, you know, the fun stuff that everybody thinks, you know, I always like to clarify that branding doesn't mean getting a new logo. That's part of it. But it's it's the message <laughs> that you put out to clients to get that perfect client to come to you. It's it's all about how that relationship that you're building and, and how they feel about you and uh, that trust that you build. So starting out, Doing the branding at like six months in, I had to really think about how people felt about their pets, that relationship. And when I thought about it, I, I would use, you know, use things that help you personally, like my own relationship with my golden retriever that we had just gotten. It's literally our child with fur. And that's where the baby's with and without fur comes from. And that came later, though. Um, but people can relate to that. And then one of the biggest things, so figuring out that relationship and how to speak to your clients about it. So I started that six months in, but as I said, I've worked on my branding since. I mean, I worked with a branding coach a few years ago that really helped me fine tune everything. And I had to do homework, like reaching out to my best clients and asking them why they loved me, which was really tough. Uh, how do you, how do you say to somebody, you know, Hey, can we set up a call? Cause I have to ask you how you love, why you love me. Uh, but, but on the, it is though on the flip side, it's a great exercise because I learned things that I would never have learned as to why these people chose to work with me. And one of the people that I reached out to has been a client of mine since I opened my doors and they have come to me every single year since for updated portraits of their, they have two golden retrievers uh, where they actually had a golden retriever that they lost. She, I probably photographed her for eight years. They lost her. They got two new golden retrievers and they've been coming back with them since. But um, understanding 
why somebody chooses you is really important. And if you don't ask the question, and it's a hard one to ask, like, I, I don't have a problem talking to people, but asking somebody that question, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But I, I found out things like, for example, um, the lady with the golden retriever, I said, so, you know, why did you choose me? Why did you love me? So to speak. And, and she said, well, when we first met you, we walked into your studio and when you met her, her dog's name was Marshmallow Diddly Fluff. Uh, and, uh, she was a really cute golden. And she, yeah, she said to me, she goes, you never referred to her as it. You referred to her by her name or you called her she. And to me, that was completely normal. Like that, that just seemed like common sense, I guess. But to a Mm. person that I guess this is their whole life, you know, this is their baby. A lot of people don't understand that. And so she also said that I never judged the relationship she had with her dog. And I wouldn't because I I understand that relationship. And I think a lot of pet photographers do, but it's understanding the little nuances of things like that. And how can you put that into your messaging so that people, when they see you and your your site and what you put out there, they realize, oh, they get it. I'm going to go to them. You know, not only do you have great images and, you know, provide the experience and the customer service and all that good stuff, but understanding that connection is super important, especially for pet photographers, because having a judgment-free zone, because we do love our pets. Like I have, I have two kids and I have two dogs and they're all my kids. You know, it's funny because mm-hmm. when I had my first, when I was pregnant with my daughter, uh, Wilhelmina, I had so many people ask me, well, what are you going to do with Abby, who is our golden retriever, when, um, when, when your daughter arrives? And I said, yeah, keep her, you? you know, <laughs> I don't know what kind of a question is that. And I got asked it a lot because people, they were, they were people that did not understand the relationship. And so one of the things that I put on my website, um, under my about page, it's not so much anything I've like honors or awards or anything like that. It's more about who I am as a person, because I found that people connecting with me on a personal level are more likely to call me um, to be their photographer because they feel like they can trust me and they know me. And one of the things on there is um, when my daughter arrived, my uh, golden retriever didn't become the family pet. She became a big sister, something along those lines. And that's really how I felt and how I feel. But I think making that connection is super important to your branding. And now that there are so many photographers out there and we're all doing something maybe not exactly the same, but similar, really putting yourself into your branding is becoming more and more important because if people, people are looking for a pet photographer and they see images that are all kind of similar, they're going to check the actual photographer out. Which one am I going to want to work with more? And so I've done a lot of, and I'm a very private person too, for the most part. So putting some of those beliefs and, um, kind of guilty pleasures on my about page was, was tough, but it's funny. Cause I, one of them is like, I love mascara and I have like 20 in my, my makeup drawer, like a few in my bag, which is true. I love mascara. If it's new, I have to try it. And I had a client come in for a planning session and talk to me for like half an hour about mascara. And then she's like, <laughs> great. Well, we, when can we book? I mean, you know, so it's just making those personal <laughs> connections is really important. I get quite a few Harry Potter geeks Hi, oh, nice. because I talk oh. about that. I think um, what you what you touched on there about the importance of really understanding pet parents as a pet photographer, which I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of um, 
a lot of us kind of forget that that actually is our superpower. I've had clients Mm -hmm. who have had previous sessions with photographers who are more like generalist photographers. They've tacked on pets because it's the new thing, blah, 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 rather than they've become pet photographers because of love of the craft. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've complained, you know, they really didn't seem to get it or they were they got so frustrated with my dog all these kind of complaints that these clients have and I think we forget that it is a superpower how much we as photographers as pet photographers who are doing it because we love pet photography um how great it is that we get our clients and we understand that bond and that actually a lot of other photographers who are just tacking on pets probably won't and they don't know how to communicate with their clients and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting point and a good reminder that that's a strength that we have and we should remember Mm -hmm. to play it up. Um, I love your about page, all the fun facts about me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, there's some like, I mean, Oh God, some of the stuff is kind of embarrassing. Like, about my brother coming to kill a roach that didn't happen actually yeah he actually left a movie to come do it i yeah we don't have to get into it but i don't like roaches let's just go with that um if you guys have if you haven't as uh sorry listeners if you haven't checked out um kim's about page make sure you do that because there's really fabulous i love kim that you mentioned before you worked with this branding coach and i want to ask you a bit more about that in a second but you were saying that there was homework and one of those mm-hmm. things was actually ask your clients um, what they love about you. And when you, were think- when you were talking about it, I was thinking like, oh, that would mm-hmm. be a hard question to answer. But then I actually put myself, like I put myself in a different situation. So at the moment I'm looking for a builder and we've had like oh, five builders come by now. And, you know, after each one leaves, we kind of, we have a discussion, my husband and I, about that builder and if we like them or not and and where they sit in the ranking and, like, I can tell you right now what order they all go. And so it does seem like, oh, that's a hard question to ask your clients because it's hard to answer. Mm-hmm. But put yourself in the situation, I think, of um, of a different service and and actually I think people can answer it pretty, pretty simply. And it seems like your clients did actually. They did. And, and really it's, it's, I think it's harder for us to ask the question than it is for them to answer it yeah. because they know why they picked us. And it's just us asking the question and getting the feedback because it, I was terrified. And I was on the phone in my studio. I remember sitting here making the calls. I'm like sweating and turning red as I'm asking, nobody can see me, but <laughs> it was just terrifying to ask somebody that question. Um, you know, and I made sure to pick clients that were not friends or family. I mean, this was deeper into my business, so I had some more to choose from. But, uh, you know, it, it's a good exercise, even if you're just starting out. I mean, you will learn so much about why people pick you, and it might not be what you think. But it, it does make a difference, though, because, like, the little things, like you said, your builder asking you what you wanted to do. And, you know, the little thing of me treating her pet like it was her child, which to me is normal, but it makes all the difference. 
Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm sure these this builder today, if I tell them, like, we are picking you because you actually asked, they're going to be like, doesn't everybody ask? You know? You would and, think, yeah, but no. <laughs> yes, and now it's the same as a pet photographer. Like, we, you know, as fellow pet lovers assume that every photographer, you know, understand, pet photographer understands that mm-hmm. that love for pet, but obviously not. So what did you do with this information that you collected, um, Kim, as part of this? This is a great exercise to discuss, I think, actually. So yeah. with this information. Yeah, so, well, once I had the information, it was really eye-opening to see what people actually, the, their actual responses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... Uh, I took it and I kind of tailored my message more to make sure that I was really speaking to those people. So that's when I started creating the, the, you know, the, the message that I put in that, um, I'm a photograph, a photographer for babies with and without fur. I was doing a lot of newborns at the time, which I'm kind of scaling down a bit and focusing more on just the, the pets, but saying that line, like people who are pet people, they love it because babies with and without fur. So that means I photograph, I'll photograph a human baby, of course, but one with fur, that's, that's like, that's me. You know, my, my pet is my baby. So people love that. And it it automatically makes that connection that I understand their relationship. I don't, there's no judgment. I get it. And I'm the same kind of person. And, um, it automatically skips that whole, like, well, I don't know, you know, the, the judgment is actually a big deal. Like I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until I did this exercise that, and, and you don't think about it because we're all these pet people. Like I, I see a dog and I'm like, Oh, can I pet your dog? Like I'm on the ground, you know, rolling around with that dog. And to, to us, that's just like normal. Right. But it's not to everybody. So yeah, actually, as you say this, Kim, I'm thinking like about a bunch of clients over the years who have, and this is just a few that actually mention it, um, that have said like, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not a crazy dog, mom," or <laughs> do my friends think I'm a crazy dog, mom? Things like that, and I turn around and say, "Well." Like, so what if they do? Like, I right. bring pets for a living. I must be the ultimate crazy dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I've had somebody once say, well, I don't want to create a shrine to my dog. I'm like, why not? <laughs> what do you mean? Why not? Oh, I know. It's so funny. And I think having, so my goal when people, if they don't know me or they haven't been referred to me and they just go to my website, my goal is to make it very easy for them to see exactly what I do. And to understand upfront that I understand their relationship and I'm totally cool with it because I have the same relationship with my pets. And I think that exercise really helped me to really hone and tailor that message, which really helps people to, you know, contact me quicker and realize, okay, I want to work with her because she gets it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and also you were talking back about, you know, some people that add in pets, you know, and they don't really understand how to work with them. And one of the things that I always tell people when I'm teaching or people are wanting to get into pet photography, the first thing is, well, you actually have to like pets <laughs> because I've ran into so many people that think that they're just going to add it on. And it's going to be this big booming, you know, extra product line for them. I'm like, if you don't have the patience or the love of pets, it's, you're not, it's going to be awful. Like, and the, I feel like people will see it too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it makes a big difference. Cause I get told all the time after a session, oh my gosh, you're so patient. And to me, that's just, 
I, I know how to work with animals, as I'm sure y'all do too. You can't force anything and, and you have to take breaks and, and being patient is part of the process. And I'm happy to be patient with any pet, you know, if the result is, you know, they're, they have happy parents. So it's, it's definitely something that I feel like you can't really teach. You kind of just have to be that crazy pet lady, as you were saying, yeah, <laughs> and just yeah. love them. Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit more about working with this um, branding coach? Cause it's something very mm-hmm. specific. Well, so I didn't go with this, a uh, uh, generalist business coach because I have, I am probably, I don't know if I'm one of the few, but I love the business side of things. And I've always loved the business side of things. And I've worked very hard to make sure that everything lines up the way it should. My, you know, um, all my numbers are where they should be. I constantly work to bring down my cost of goods sold and expenses and things like that. So I knew that that side was totally fine. And I, you know, I continue on a daily basis. I check my numbers and one of those weird people that love it. But with the branding, I remember every, it was kind of, this was, I'm trying to think when I actually did this, it's been several years, but I was at Imaging USA, PPA's big convention. And I remember going to see a boudoir photographer speak. And I can't remember why, because I know I wasn't doing boudoir photography. I think I went with a friend maybe to with this platform and she had a very specific, very honed message that was, you know, you heard it and you were like, okay, either I love you or you're just not for me, which is basically what you want your brand to say. You want it to be polarizing in a, in a way that brings in the people you want and deflects the people you don't. And I just remember thinking, God, that's, that's so good. And then she mentioned the person that she had worked with. And so I remember writing his name down and thinking well, this could only be helpful to me because it was at the time where a lot more pet photographers were coming around and it was getting harder and harder to get those clients that I wanted because there was a lot of competition and I'm definitely not the cheapest game in town. You know, um, I don't know if I'm the most expensive either now, but I wanted to really make it easy for my clients to realize that I was the right photographer or that I wasn't. I'm very much of the belief that there is enough work out there for everybody and my style is not going to be perfect for everybody. And I'm okay with not getting a job because it's not the right one. And I wanted to attract more people that were right for my business and were willing to spend the money. So I really kind of hemmed and hawed over it because it was a intense, like six, six month program, maybe, or maybe it was a year. And you had, monthly meetings with this guy. And then there was an actual in-person workshop and it was very intense, but the end goal was to really separate myself. And once I put the new messaging in place after this was all done and he, he helped me a lot to change, you know, the way I said things to clients, um, it helped me come up with the, the description of my work, which is intimate, bold, and playful, um, which looking at it now, it makes total sense, but coming up, like you're so close to your work. It's so hard to make that distinction. It's, it's kind of helpful sometimes to get somebody that's completely a third party, mm. not invested in your business, business at all to help you. And I just, I knew that that's where I could really grow my business because I knew financially I was fine, but how could I differentiate myself enough to really pull in the clients that I knew were right for me. Cause now, I mean, I can talk to somebody on the phone and be like, yeah, we're not a good fit. I mean, I don't say that right off the bat or anything, but I get in my head, you know, I know that this isn't a good fit. And that really mm-hmm. helped me to narrow that down. And it was amazing how many people were contacting me that were the right fit. So it was well worth it. I really want to chat more about 
how you are using your branding in this process of actively turning away clients and therefore being able to attract and convert the clients who really are a good fit for your business. I also want to dive into the wording because you've mentioned being an intimate photographer a couple Mm -hmm. of times and I, it's not a word that I hear a lot outside of like couples photography, I guess. So I want to chat about that. Uh, We have so much that we want to discuss about. Um, We do have these interviews. We have part one, which is going up on iTunes and all the good stuff. So let's save talking about the itty gritty details of how you're attracting those clients and that wording for part two. We'll wrap up part one now. I did want to mention to guys, as you can hear, Kim Hartz is, as I said, totally the branding queen. And she does have, you know, a course brand brilliantly. Highly also recommend her podcast. Uh, Now I've had a mind blank. What's your podcast saying, Kim? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, uh, The Business Lens podcast. The Business Lens. I I had a little blank too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's like short snippets guys so um as you've heard already kim is great at speaking all things business so if you like listening to more business of photography uh podcasts which you probably do if you're listening to us now definitely recommend that the rest of the links and everything will pop in the show notes so it's the pet photographers club.com forward slash podcast forward slash 0707 for season seven episode seven if you're a member of the club you can continue listening to part two while we talk all about this this branding and attracting these clients with kim it's in the member zone and don't forget if you're not a member yet you can join us it's only ten dollars a month it includes loads of perks and bonus content and it goes a long way to helping support this podcast and us making it so you can head over to the pet photographers club and find out more there thanks for listening to the pet photographers club to subscribe to the podcast check out other episodes and keep up to date head to the pet photographers club.com <laughs>